0: This podcast features three supposed adults who definitely use adult language. They're also supposedly writers who are definitely not procrastinating by making this podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to No Bad Ideas, the storytelling game show where we take the worst ideas from the internet
1: and try to turn them into stories that are actually good.
2: My name is Gabriel Urbina, and I am your first Bad Ideas host.
1: My name is Sarah Shackett. I'm your second Bad Ideas host.
2: And
0: my name is Zach Valenti, your third Bad Ideas host.
2: And today we are joined in the Bad Ideas Thunderdome uh, (laughs) by two very, very, very special guest stars. Uh, They are not only the hosts and luminaries behind one of our favorite podcasts, but they are two of the rising stars in the world of, I don't even want to say just podcasting, like multimedia, storytelling, awesome cross-platform life. Yeah, just everything. But today in their capacity as our co-hosts and special guest stars, please welcome Julius Shafini and Amanda McLaughlin from Spirits Podcast.
3: Hello.
4: Oh, hey, I'm Amanda. What's up? So great to have Good you to guys you. back. We're excited nice to be
3: here.
2: We're really, really thrilled that you are here to help us crack some bad ideas. But to momentarily have the only time this episode, at least from the first half when we won't talk about bad ideas, why don't you guys tell any listeners who are not already familiar with your show uh, what Spirits is and why they should join us in listening to Spirits?
3: Absolutely. So Spirits is a boozy dive and sometimes a non-alcoholic dive into mythology, legends, and folklore, where every week Julia brings me, Amanda, a layperson, a different story from somewhere across the world from mythology and folklore. That includes everything from modern um, creepypastas and internet urban legends, all the way to the classical ancient societies and what those stories say about the people who still tell them and remember them now.
2: It is this kind of... Really amazingly, I think both like broad and inclusive definition of mythologies. And I think that there is a story for literally everyone out there. And then in
1: movies the you can catalog. watch if you just want to watch movies that are mythologically based. Mm-hmm.
4: We do a lot of uh, movie reviews based on our myth movie nights, which are a lot of fun. And then we also have listener submitted urban legends episodes where people tell us all about the creepy stuff that has personally happened to them or has happened in their hometown, which is a lot of fun.
3: And it's very feminist. It's very queer. Julia is a wonderful, uh, does a wonderful job of telling these stories in a way that feels incredibly fresh and relevant. And we've been going for over six years now. So there are 275 (laughs) plus episodes for you to enjoy.
1: That's awesome. It's, It's amazing. Thank you.
2: Well, we highly, highly recommend that you check out Spirits, but in, uh, you know, approximately like, say, 40 minutes, once you're done with this episode. (laughs) First, you should hang around because we hear no bad ideas. We take the worst things that humanity has come up with, and then we try to figure out if we had to pitch this as a good movie or a good book or a good comic book series, uh, how would we do that? Are y'all ready to jump into our first bad idea of the day?
1: Let's do it. Yes, bring it.
2: Alrighty, so I have to admit, there's a tiny part of me that is starting to feel a little bit bad because so far in the year 2020, we've done a lot of beating up on the great state of Florida and Mm -hmm. its men with the stories that we've had on the show. Um, But at a certain point, you know, what's that phrasing about honesty and ass kicking? If you ask it for it, then we have to give it to you. Um, And just like stories keep dropping into my lap about Florida and its men. so. (laughs) <sighs> <From laughs> our, our favorite <laughs>
1: superhero rides <laughs> again,
2: strikes again. Great. <laughs> um, and like there is some superheroic imagery in this story, which we will get into. But from our dear, very weary friends at the Huffington Post and your listeners, there will be a link to this article in the episode description if you would like to read along. The headline reads Florida Man Steals Car, semicolon train sends it crashing into house.
3: Okay, a twist.
2: The article reads, A Florida man says he jumped from a stolen car seconds before (laughs) it was hit by a train and sent flying into a nearby home. The sleeping residents were unharmed, and the man was later arrested. So there's our happy ending. Police said the man claimed he stole the car in a quote-unquote good faith effort to search for his own vehicle after leaving a bar early Saturday in Martin County, around 50 miles north of West Palm Beach. Instead of finding his car, he got stuck on the railroad tracks in the path of an oncoming train.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: After the crash, the man tried to steal a forklift from a nearby fruit stand, which he also vandalized, the Martin County Sheriff's Office said in a statement he was arrested after flagging down responsible deputies to, quote, let them know I'm still looking for my car, the statement said. Wow. The homeowners from the car that the original stolen vehicle was flung into, excuse me, from the house that the original vehicle was flung into, the homeowners were fine. But, quote, the explosive sound of a driverless car smashing into the side of their home, was clearly jolting, the sheriff's office said. (laughs) The 38-year-old faces charges of grand theft and criminal mischief, and additional charges are expected. In describing the episode, the sheriff's office said, No, no title could explain this case, but the the details will... Well, it's best to just read on. And that is the end of the article. Man,
1: when you flummox the sheriff, like a (laughs) Florida sheriff. A Florida sheriff, yeah. (laughs) Who's seen it all. When the cop
4: says "Uh, it just, it really speaks for itself. That's like, wow. I keep thinking back to the family who uh, had the car crash into their house. And as Mm -hmm. someone who also lives right near a grade level train crossing where they have Mm -hmm. to honk the horns every time they go past, you get pretty immune to sound very quickly. Right. very quickly and yeah. describing the car hitting your house as like thunderous i'm like wow that must have been real bad if they're like trained people who who have to hear that every single goddamn night
2: all right uh let me set a 10 minute timer and then tell me how we're going to turn this into a good story the title of which perhaps should be good faith effort which yeah. jumps out to me <laughs> as the key words from this story
1: i mean there's like there's like the cranked version of this, where because it, it's clearly like a chain of events where a forklift gets stolen and uh-huh. like another car, and like he clearly is running on foot for some reason. I like there could be sort of a chain of grand larceny across the country, perhaps, but like I kind of want to preserve the weird small townness of it the as purity. well. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe this is, in fact, an indie comedy with just a lot of theft. Uh, what do you guys think?
4: <laughs> I mean, my initial thought was, wow, this is a really wild Final Destination reboot, huh? Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he manages to escape that car getting stuck on the tracks, and now every vehicle he enters is cursed to also crash.
1: Right. Until he can find his car, which is mm-hmm. the only safe one.
4: Yes, that's what he mm. thinks at least. And then that's how he finds his uh, initial uh, like eventual demise.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it is in the original car? Ah, mm-hmm. I, lo- mm-hmm. I love that. I love that.
0: I like the horror reboot of Dude
2: Where's My Car.
1: <laughs> I mean, you can <laughs> have a little bit of
3: a
2: little bit of Yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> My brain went immediately to my favorite genre of movie, which is heist. And I okay. I think that um, ascribing like this is a real sort of uh, record screech. I bet you're wondering how I got here type moment. I can start <laughs> with either a extremely innocuous. Oh, man, I locked myself out of my car or, oh, man, I borrowed someone's car and then I, you know, got too drunk to drive and, and I'd figure yeah. it out later. Um, or perhaps there is some kind of like mishandling of state secrets maybe uh yes. like something is left behind in a bar and then uh there's like papers in it or there is a uh, you know so, some jewels that belong to a visiting emissary like the the more heightened the better i think in terms of stakes for heists
1: no i, I love like that a of just like there's something in the trunk of the car uranium perhaps <sighs> that exactly, like <laughs> exactly sarah yes <laughs> a real reverse heist found.
3: A real reverse heist of like needing to recover a thing that you didn't even intend to steal. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
1: Exactly. Um, Right. Like he's going to get blamed for an international incident. Our hero is uh, if he does not find this car. I like it.
2: So it's almost like a like North by Northwest of just kind of like it is sort of this like almost comedy of escalating escapades. Uh, Whereas, you know, it's like, you know, in order to get the thing back, he needs to steal the car and then steal the forklift. And then, you know, like he needs to actually get himself arrested because that's the best way to get like from point A to point B. And like he'll figure out what to do once in the prison cell later on. Um, in fact, so, yeah, a good so like faith north Northwest, but in Florida,
3: it's in fact a good faith effort to avoid a diplomatic <laughs> incident.
1: Hey, there we go.
3: There it and is. I wonder full. if There
1: can be like a curse element in here, too. So we can get some of that Final Destination vibe in there, there as we well. Maybe it's like a cursed gem or like, uh, uh, I don't know, what are Florida things?
4: Well, we do have since this is in Florida, you do have the haunted doll that is in Key West, whose name I'm totally forgetting. I think it's Billy the doll or something like that. I'm going to double check.
2: Now, obviously, all of us know a lot about this, but for any <laughs> listener who is <laughs> unfamiliar with this doll, okay. please explain the thing that you just said for anyone that might be alarmed. Not me, but for I, anyone that might be going, what?
4: It's Robert the doll. Oh, um, no. We actually have done an episode on spirits about haunted dolls where Robert features heavily, not to like plug my own podcast on your oh, podcast
2: no, please no, 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 this is what you're here for. Do it. Do it.
4: Uh he is a child's doll. He's dressed in kind of a sailor outfit. He's 117-ish years old, probably closer to 120 now. Uh he resides in what is the he resides in the Fort East Martello Museum in Key West, Florida. Okay. And it's basically like you have to leave him a little gift and not insult him while you're there. Otherwise like bad things happen to you. And people will, like, write in letters or send him things in order to avoid more bad things happening to him because they broke the rules while visiting him.
3: Wow. It's a real, like, Damn. appease the baby king situation. So, Julia, maybe, maybe this person insulted Robert the doll and then Robert the doll uh, possesses him and makes him do a bunch of buck wild shit that he would never do to this lovely town. Yeah. Kind of some Jekyll and Hyde stuff, too, would be interesting.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's moments of lucidity where he gets control of his body back, but then right. Robert, Robert is always there. So basically, it's a
3: real virtuoso performance where you have one lead actor mm-hmm. in, in the movie, you know, doing, uh, doing both sides of this coin and a real physical comedy, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Or, or are we just like fading in every time, he, like the actual person comes to who then has to kind of yes. figure out escape the room oh, style. Oh yeah.
3: Some memento.
0: What, exactly. Yeah. What's <laughs> just happened? Like he just like comes to in a bank vault with the alarm going off. <sighs>
2: Right. I think that the easiest way to just structure it is... You know, night and day, like the moment that the sun goes down, the moment that like the last ray goes away, oh, you yeah. know, Robert takes over. And then like the moment that that first light peeks over the horizon, he comes back. And I absolutely love that idea of like, you know, he comes back and all of a sudden it's like, what is that sound? Why am I holding this like <laughs> large briefcase full of dollar bills? Is this a gun? What are all what is happening? Exactly. What
1: happened to that fruit stand? Going Incredible. Back to the yeah. Source. <laughs> this is now a great premise for a series. Mm -hmm. I think, I think we can move this beyond a movie.
2: Wow. Um, Having I've seen a photo
1: like, of
0: this horrifying doll, I do need horrible. the extremely creepy chihuahua that is in its lap to be involved in this story somehow.
4: What? 100%. Oh, it's yeah. got to be a what? mask situation where the dog is yep. also being possessed by the chihuahua
1: version of <laughs> Rowan doll. Um, I love yeah. it. I love yeah. it.
2: That's like the season 2 hook where you think that you've solved the problem and then it's like, "Wait a minute. We never accounted for this one thing. What's happening?" And that's when you realize more than one was getting possessed.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think you've cracked it.
3: I have no notes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> How much time do we have left, Gabrielle?
2: Three minutes and twenty seconds. Sarah. Okay, so, we can figure
1: out a little bit about our main character then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we can
2: put like a little bit of like meat on these bones.
1: Yeah, like but I think this his, is an
2: exceptional skeleton.
1: What's his deal besides insulting a cursed doll? Oh, now I'm like getting the vibe of like a
4: guy who is running for a small, like a town council position in the small town, if we want to preserve the small town energy of the original story. And just, like, trying to both save his, I don't know, mayoral run or something, and yeah. also trying to not be cursed by this doll anymore.
3: Like a like a comically good person who the worst thing he ever did was say, like, wow, that doll is ugly. And then, yeah. you know, the whole thing
1: comes <laughs> crashing down. Because mm-hmm. he's too honest. He can't lie yeah. about how creepy the doll looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm
3: Yeah. Or maybe he yeah, maybe the pressures of the campaign are really getting to him and Mm -hmm. he like needs to have a have his face on and just be so kind to everybody at all times. He's trying to put his own gas mask on, you know what I mean? He's trying to put his own own oxygen mask. (laughs) And then he at the end of the the, um, movie needs to realize that a balanced life includes like enforcing boundaries. Yeah,
2: that's right. That's right.
1: That's right. He
3: has needs, too. Mm -hmm.
1: He has needs, too. I love this.
2: It was great. Does he have like like what is what what is the supporting cast? Does he have a partner? Does he have a friend? I assume he has some sort of bedraggled campaign manager that like is just like completely done with his ship.
4: I mean, we already know that his nemesis, besides Robert the doll, is the sheriff who's just like I I don't know what to do about this. I have no <laughs> yes. idea. I'm out of my depth. <laughs>
3: I think it would be fun if all of the kind of like locations that we visit have very well-rounded proprietors that are like,
1: you must be going through something, bud, because they (laughs) they know him and they know how unusual this is. Sure, sure. But he's beloved by the town. So people are kind of willing to humor it of like, Mm -hmm. yes, you know, I'm glad you're finally doing something. I'm not sure what you're doing. But-
0: right, this is like personal rum rumspringa.
2: Yeah. yeah, they were like, we always sort of thought that like if you didn't let out some steam sooner or later, somebody was going to end up with a knife in them. So-, so you
0: guys telling me that he goes from being an outside shot for being too responsible and boring to being like the Florida darling candidate where they're like, Florida man in general is like, he gets us.
3: I'm a Florida man and a leader.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> right. this is turning into the origin story for how someone becomes like a Florida state senator. I know, <laughs> don't, I know. Don't feel wonderful about. <laughs>
3: I mean, nah, if you're you going to tell, you tell a Florida man's
4: story, you got to tell a Florida man's story. It's you know? true, you commit, it's tinged I with guess. tragedy throughout. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is. Some dramatic irony at the end of the series, certainly. I'm sure Absolutely.
3: it's got to be a close call with an alligator at some point.
1: Of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah, No, he maybe has like a a sibling of some sort who wrangles alligators and is like much more in touch um, with the natural world and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Oh,
2: no, Mm -hmm. I think that there's absolutely one day when he comes to and it's like, okay, no alarms, no sirens, no guns cool, I'm just standing in some muddy water. This is way, oh, no. <laughs>
3: yeah, we got to get like a high-speed swamp boat chase into the strip in some capacity. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's important.
2: That glorious image, that is time. That is our uh, 10 minutes with uh, this particular Florida man and his um, his good faith effort misadventures to find this car <laughs> you know it's I'm gonna be following his speed, race uh, fan boat chase i just have so many questions about that original idea. Is like what did you do to the car to get them stuck in the railroad track?
4: probably turned and then the like either the front wheel or the back wheel depending on the style of the car got yeah. stuck like, and so yeah. just one,
1: uh, yeah, one's buddy. too
4: high in the air and just rotating and the other one doesn't move yeah
1: i'm glad he was didn't... able to bail out yeah
3: I'm just imagining the court case where this becomes the kind of like property damage or larceny version of fair use, or he's like, your Mm. honor, it was good faith. I don't know what to tell you. I I took that car in good faith just to find
4: my car. I was planning on returning it.
2: He yeah. fucking flagged the cop down. Like, that's what I love. I'm just kind of like, hey, yo, 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 before you like lose <laughs> your shit, I, I just want good. you to know the only reason why I'm doing this is because I can't find my car. Like, we cool?
4: It's really like, you should feel bad for me. My car is still missing. It's yeah, still missing.
2: We know where
0: that other All guy's car is. is. It's right here. We you know exactly Alien where this is. one
2: is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Something uh, about Bibles and good neighbors and, you know, it's Florida.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, like you do. Alt name. This is Florida. Periods between words. Oh boy. <laughs> mm. There we go. There we Definitive. go. That's an Instagram
1: account. I like it. Yeah.
0: All right. So I have the next idea. I would ask you if you're ready, but you are just you are not. It is impossible. <laughs> Bring it on. A friend of the show, uh, Rina Saramé, uh, DM'd this to me a couple weeks ago, and I am just delighted to unleash litter boxes for students who identify as furries. Not so, uh, uh, says uh-oh. school official. Put it away.
4: Oh, no, the internet. <laughs> the so sad mean part is parties. I've read this article already. <laughs> oh, it's so
0: good. Oh, Jesus. It's Are there pictures? Uh there are I hope not. There are not pictures. Uh, Oof, okay. Because Oof. the bad idea here, spoilers is misinformation. Mm -hmm. It started with a comment at a school board meeting, which was later amplified by a Michigan state Republican leader and culminated with a school superintendent explaining that no, there were no litter boxes on (laughs) school grounds for students to use if they identified as furries. Quote, it is unconscionable that this afternoon I am sending this communication, the superintendent of Midland <laughs> Public Schools, Michael Sharrow, wrote on Thursday in an email to parents
2: that was also shared on Facebook. <laughs> Quote, oh, just how, like, guys, back. what are we doing? Why, why do I need to do this?
3: Did I start all emails with that from now on? <laughs> yes. like, it's unconscionable yes, you that can. you're making me send an email right now. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it mm-hmm. is
0: unconscionable. <laughs> uh, quote, however, our Midland Public Schools stakeholders may be confused about a false message <laughs> slash accusation that has resurfaced this week and is gaining traction in the social media realm. Uh, I don't mean to
4: interrupt. What is a stakeholder for an elementary school?
0: it's an excellent question. Any parent, anybody on the board,
2: anybody who. <sighs> no who's
4: literally paying, sta- like buying yeah. stakes in a school? Right, right, system, right, though, right, 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 right. Okay. No, just I think, making the, I think sure. the
2: charitable reading is that, say, like a concerned parent would be a stakeholder. Yeah. Right. As, I think that the capitalist reading is like, you know, the person that invested in this for profit school.
0: Or, literally any taxpayer in the district who read this news.
1: It's just that, a weird term to use yeah, in this it context. Is. It's a real business. Yeah. And I think
0: forced uh, of forced weirdness by the virtue of all of the fucking inquiries they've gotten about
3: this.
0: (laughs) I'll continue the rumor that furries defined as people who have an interest in anthropomorphic animal characters and sometimes dress up as them use litter boxes in the school district which is about two hours northwest of detroit appears to have started at a school board session last month based on a video of the meeting which in pre- preparation for this episode i actually watched and is quite depressing for anybody uh that Oof. was thinking about clicking that link uh i i, I, really I, I went applaud, there so we didn't have to save you the time yeah. it's like Dozens of people going up and complaining about COVID restrictions and then the cat lady, a a member of the public who spoke at the meeting. Lisa Hansen says in the video that she was informed by someone the day before uh, that litter boxes had been added to the, quote, unisex bathrooms for students who, quote, identify as cats. Quote, I I was stunned, Miss Hansen says in the video, and today I am equally stunned and a little bit upset. Well, not a little bit upset, a lot of bit upset, furious. Mm -hmm. I would even use that word. Miss Hansen Mm -hmm. says in the video that there is an, quote, agenda that is being pushed through our schools, which is just, in my opinion, somewhat nefarious when it comes to some of the activities. She goes on to say that this is a, quote, nationwide issue. Adding, quote, I'm all for creativity and imagination, (laughs) but when someone lives in a fantasy world and expects other people to go along with it, I have a problem with that. And I can confirm that in this clip, she literally is like, I don't know if it's happening here, but I'm sure it's definitely documented to be going on nationwide. Ms. Hansen also says in the video that she plans to do more, quote, investigation into the issue. I'll bet. Yep. That is Just what I believe is the worst research. idea in this whole thing. Um, in an email on Sunday night, Ms. Hansen described herself as a, quote, concerned mom trying to protect her child. We parents aren't sure what our schools are up to, she said. That's the problem. Accountability is not a crime. The school board members at the meeting did not respond to Ms. Hansen's comments, but her remarks (laughs) gained traction after Michonne Maddock, a chairwoman of the Michigan Republican Party, uh, shared a video of the school board meeting and the comments on Facebook on Thursday. Mm -hmm. Quote, kids who identify as furries get a litter box in the school bathroom, Ms. Maddock wrote in a Facebook post sharing the video of the board meeting. Parent heroes will, all caps, take back our schools in his statement mister Sharrow debunked the rumor as categorically false. Quote
3: Let
1: me be clear. this
0: Quote, let me be clear in this communication, he wrote, quote, there is no truth whatsoever in this false statement slash accusation. There have never been litter boxes within MPS schools. mister Sharrow did not immediately respond to a request for comment on Saturday. The Michigan Republican Party did not respond to requests for comment on Saturday and this matter could not be reached according to fur science one word a website run by a multidisciplinary team of scientists studying furry fandom says quote furry describes a diverse community of fans artists writers gamers and role players most furries Mm -hmm. create for themselves an anthropomorphized animal character parens fursona with whom they identify (laughs) and can function as an avatar within the community the website says. In mass media, furries are usually associated with sexual fetishes, the website says, but quote, the most cited draw to the furry fandom is its sense of belongingness, recreation, and an escape from the mundaneness of life. Sharon E. Roberts, an associate professor of social development studies at the University of Waterloo in Canada, and a founder of Fur Science, said in an email on Saturday that she could not comment specifically about the Michigan school because she was not familiar with the situation. She added, though, that there is, quote, uh, evidence of significant misrepresentation and misunderstanding of the furry fandom leading to claims like this, parens and worse. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mr. Sharrow, the superintendent, citing a backdrop of this, uh, quote, divisive, contentious world in which we currently find ourselves, urged parents to contact him if rumors like this surfaced again. It is. Such a source of disappointment that I felt it necessary to communicate this message to you. Unconscionable! Oh, what a quote. And with that, just masterpiece of horrible (laughs) news, I give you a 10-minute timer. Cool. I do
3: okay. the first uh, name that the word "identify" is doing a lot to kind of conjure transphobia in this yeah. in this whole scenario. Oh, yeah. This and is, is very oh, yeah. thinly veiled
4: transphobia. That's oh, yeah. what yep. it is. It sucks. Yeah. Like it sucks. the fact that they're pointing out that the litter boxes are in all gender bathrooms oh, is yeah. no- like another like very clear like
3: we know what you're doing just because you're talking what the about moral furries. panic here is and it's yeah. transness. Yeah, no,
2: yeah. boo. So this is what they're really doing in those bathrooms. It's like a yeah.
1: Jesus. Uh, uh, peeing and then going back to class. I don't uh, know. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> so shocking, many things know. that people think can happen in bathrooms that just don't.
3: Um, but I, yes. I saw a girl smoke a cigarette once and thought that was pretty baller. And I felt like I was in a movie. That's the best yes. crazy thing I've seen in the bathroom. <laughs> Our senior year of high
4: school, someone was setting bathroom like garbage cans on fire. But that was the most yeah. ridiculous thing that ever happened in one yeah. of those bathrooms. So it got Yeesh. us out of class a lot, which I appreciate. It did. It's super.
1: Did That's that awesome. can
2: very easily happen in either in like, all of <laughs> bathrooms. In all, in all like, kinds of bathrooms. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Fire doesn't care. That's true. All right. um, but all right. We're doing an admirable job of eating up the clock without
1: avoiding this with idea. Us. Yeah. No, yeah. No.
3: <laughs> I mean, um, is there an avenging furry uh, out to teach transphobes the error
1: of their ways? I'm just going to put that out there. No, I'm I'm here for that. That is way
2: better than anything that I could do with this. Uh, so, like, I am here for that, seriously. Uh, Badula, what were you going to say?
4: No, I'm going off Amanda's idea. Furry vigilante a la Batman, who is using the, you know, t- using the image of furries to strike fear in the heart of transphobes. Like <laughs>
2: <Amazing>. <laughs> Beautiful. Now, is it told from the perspective of, basically, like, do we know who the crusader is right. do they have is a it British told from inside? like their perspective or are we like from the perspective of say like an intrepid student journalist who was trying to crack the case but we don't know who the person is like sort of like what is the entry point
3: interesting amanda do you have thoughts i like the idea of kind of a midway through the movie reveal mm-hmm. um and so perhaps um gabrielle to build on your idea like a student is assigned the sort of like they're on the you know school meeting beat and they have to sit through these boring meetings and during mm-hmm. the meeting they're like oh no transnational news story maybe they cover it for the paper but they're like wait maybe there is something going on here and wait you know there are increased instances of you know like demonstrations against transphobia that are happening now that this thing is a thing um yeah. and so maybe midway through we realize that it is not in fact a vapid moral panic but it is someone is using that for good
1: right and then like because they're on the ground. The student journalist is the one who's able to most follow up and like has the trust of the community and can sort of put together the clues. Perhaps it is like a uh, spotlight style group of friends who all <laughs> run the paper together, um, who yeah. sort of, um, you know, corkboard red threaded out of of who is uh the the Avenger and it's one of them.
0: <gasps> yeah. Well, I because
2: the the student newspaper has been corralled in. Like, you know, like they mm-hmm. have been censored. They can no longer sort of like write about certain things. But like yeah. this completely student run news zine, they are still you know, printed in like someone's garage, they can still like, you know, get the real yeah. stories out there.
3: Or do they have like a career day speech from a cryptographer? And so then mm. they use like a code in the student in the banal somehow published weekly in print student newspaper. Don't interrogate it too much um, yeah. in order to like, uh, you know, like plan collective action and and plan messages with a mass crusader.
1: I love this. I love this. Um, yeah, they have like old, uh, you know, we can tie in sort of the the crisis of, of uh, local media um, getting bought out by by all these conglomerates, and so sort of like a local paper that's folding donates some equipment to the school,
2: mm. um,
1: and so suddenly these kids have low-fi solutions to problems of like you know the the uh, computers at the school will block like Facebook and Twitter and you know places where students would normally communicate, so they have to like go underground.
2: Oh, yeah. Old school, baby. Yeah. Get that and, printing press.
1: And the specter of like radicalized
3: transphobes on the internet can't get their hands-on copies of the paper. And so exactly. it's, it's really restricted to, you know, the affected community. I love this resistance
4: secret society style that it's turned into. Like rather than the single individual having it be not a mass conspiracy, but like an underground network is
2: chef's kiss. No, and I love those kinds of stories where like, it's like, Who's Batman? Well, it actually turns out that it's like eight people are Batman. Yeah. Like, you know, like it really requires like a little village to like make all of this happen and to coordinate all the things to run interference when like the janitor could like, you know, mm-hmm. step uh-huh. in at the wrong moment. So like, I really quite like sort of this, you know, it's one shadow cast by like eight citizens. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody gets like micro grants to like make a, you know, community vlog after Amazing. the conclusion of the school year. I'm I'm seeing a real kind of like an epilogue where we where we flash forward to like, you know, 2 years later for everybody. I love that kind of thing. Excellent, excellent.
1: This is great. I'm now I'm just wondering like is the nature of the vengeance and sort of the resistance um more kind of home alone style prank type stuff or is it um sort of exposing um recalcitrant members of like the school administration, um, and getting people who will, um, you know, offer a full education to the student body in.
4: I mean, I think you, with such a serious, like manner of miscommunication misinformation, I think it's really important that the like quote unquote bad guys get their actual comeuppance and not like, oh, I, I fell down some stairs. I'm Joe Pesci. Right. Yeah.
2: And I think there needs to be like an element. <laughs> Sorry. Although if Joe <laughs> wants only- to be involved,
1: yeah. he can.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> he could be the janitor. Um, but, I'm yeah, just but like, I think that there needs to be sort of an element of like them asking for it. So something yeah. like, you know, the teachers unanimously pass some like morality clause thing at the start of the school year. And that is very clearly just like a shibboleth to be able to like go after like, you know, these you know, students that they feel very badly about. And then it turns out that they are doing all kinds of things that are violating the other sections of the morality clause. Like it turns out that they are doing all of these things behind closed doors. Mm -hmm.
3: I would love to see like the school board indicted for fraud and like you know like voter uh, you know like I don't know bribery or or something like that or misappropriation
1: of funds and
3: stuff. Exactly, like not paying their taxes. Like some student like gets really into you know tax filings (laughs) and like looks up all the school board members and then everybody's thrown out and uh, a bunch of like recent. And alumni of the school are elected people who decide yeah. to like stay in their hometown and invest in the in the local economy.
2: Yeah. turns out that maybe the school had a couple of stakeholders that uh, they should not <laughs> yeah. have had.
1: there you go. I love this.
0: Two minutes on the clock. I'm curious. Uh, we're definitely going to need a name at some point.
4: I mean, I think the group,
3: like the underground resistance or the group's name is the zoo. Ooh. It's I, good. Love this. I, I
2: think love
4: we could pretty
3: easily unseat the Matt Damon vehicle um, for SEO on this. <laughs> On this movie. They
4: didn't Absolutely. buy a zoo. They are the zoo. They are
3: yeah. the zoo. That's the that's the tag, zoo. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: it can also like it refers to them and it can sort of be like derisively what the administration refers to the school as. And they sort of take it on as a badge of honor Ooh. and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm.
3: that. Yeah, like which side of the bars are we on, man? I love that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so like, really like a
3: poster design with with kind of like cutouts of a newspaper. I think, I think. People who are artistically minded could really go wild with that one. Mm -hmm, mm
4: -hmm. It's got real. um, I'm not stuck in here with you. You're stuck in here with me. Energy, which I absolutely hell yeah, hell yeah.
2: Um, man, this feels very thoroughly cracked. I'm trying to think about like what else. How many main characters do we have?
4: I feel like think? 5 is the right number for the squad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: a mm-hmm. good that's a good number for like a diverse squad with people with different skills. Exactly. Yeah,
3: somewhere between a uh, an early 2000s boy band and a contemporary K-pop girl group. So like 5, five to 9 people I think mm-hmm. is is a pretty good.
1: And there's yeah, that's like how we should always like... gauge things. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> and there's like maybe like 7 people that they need to like take out over the course of the adventure. Mm. Um culminating yeah. with like the headmaster and you know whatever the school board school is school board president yeah, yeah. but like they're like kill bill list is like seven people or something yeah
3: mm-hmm. totally mm-hmm. and culminates in like a town wide or at least a school wide show of support for you know like the abolishment of a uh, gender restrictive dress code, or something like that, or maybe yeah. the, you know the overturning of some kind of landmark um, piece of you know rule or or policy that can yeah. show like we have really changed hearts and minds here. And that's yeah. time.
0: Love Perfect. it. Perfect. Nice. Well, Incredible. thank you guys for turning this nightmare <laughs> into something a lot more hopeful. And dear listeners, stick around for more with Julie and Amanda right after this.
1: Hey, y'all. Sarah here. I am breaking into the show for just a moment uh, to tell you that if you like listening to us come up with stories, maybe you want to tell some stories in audio yourselves. And if that is the case, we've got you covered because we created a course called Audio Fiction 101, where you can learn everything that we have learned over the course of making many, many podcasts about how to tell stories, how to use audio as a medium, uh, how to write and rewrite um, and think about character and all kinds of cool stuff. If you head to audiofiction101.com, that is the numbers 101, uh, you can check out uh, the course offering and uh, everything that we teach there. And we would Love to see you in our virtual lecture hall. Again, that is audiofiction101.com. All right. We are back with Julia and Amanda, the lovely girls from Spirits. And now that you've played our silly game, we've had you both on individually, but we wanted to have you both on because you're both like such wonderful, thoughtful investigators of ideas and stories and wanted to sort of ask because you've been doing Spirits for a while now. Like, how has it sort of changed how you approach your other creative endeavors or has it like sort of given you anything that you've built into all of your many multi-hyphenate podcast world domination stuffs?
4: I feel like Amanda can speak on this more than I can, but because Amanda is always very eloquent in talking about how things have changed for spirits over the past few years and like how we've changed as a podcast and like figuring out things that work easier and make things better for everyone and more fun.
3: So Amanda. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, this went from being a, a way that Julia and I wanted to kind of like reconnect and stay connected in our friendship. We met in kindergarten. We moved back to the same city a couple of years after graduating college. And, uh, you know, Julia having knowledge in these fields and wanting to share it with me and, you know, have a drink and kind of talk about stuff in podcast form was sort of the genesis of the idea. and. You know, six and a half years later, this is uh, both of us are professional full time podcasters in whatever definition professional means. But, you know, we do this for (laughs) our job and we work on other shows and help other people make podcasts. And so spirits looking back was almost like laughably kind of unplanned. And I think for our level of knowledge, we did a lot of planning. We did a lot of hoping. We structured it. You know, we tried to like design it in a way that people would get from the name and the logo and the and the concept kind of what it was. Um, But looking back, you know, I I am amazed and proud of us that we kind of went with the right mix of like a good enough idea like a finished enough yeah, yeah, concept yeah. um And in the six and a half years since, like we've done a lot of, you know, every year, basically we ask ourselves like what worked, what didn't work, what did we enjoy? What do we want to do more of, less of? And um, maybe Julia, you can talk about some of the content um, formats and like episode types that we've started doing recently um, because the burden of the research is on you because you're the, you know, you're the expert and I'm the person who is there. Um, And we have just tried to keep it kind of interesting, fun and fresh for us as the creators while still serving the audience what it is that they like enjoy and have come to expect.
4: Yeah, I think that when we first started, I don't know if it was you who asked me this, Amanda, or maybe it was Jake, but someone was like, do we have, are there enough myths in the world that we can continue doing this, you know, for the foreseeable future? And the answer, uh, yeah, and the answer <laughs> was always yes, because the world is full of mythology and, like, also we can revisit stuff if we decide, you know, three or four years down the line, hey, we never really did a real deep dive into Greek mythology. What if we did a whole segment on that, which is what we've been doing, which is the full title of the segment is It's All Greek to Me, Finally Fulfilling the Promise of Spirits Podcast. by Spirits Podcast. podcast. So like, yeah, I think I went into it being like, okay, every episode is going to be these kind of what we refer to now in our back end as solo episodes. So just Amanda and I, and we pick one myth that we're going to do. And that's what we do. And then as we started doing more research and started going down the line, I was like, oh, well, sometimes there's a lot of themes in mythology. What if we did like roundup episodes where we talked about like all of the moon goddesses or all of the sea goddesses or all of the seductors or all of the trickster gods, right? And then as we continued down the line being like, oh, well, there's a lot of movies that are mythology-based. What if we did myth movie nights? And then we started you know, wanting to bring other people on to talk about. And we're like, oh, what if we had guest episodes where we talked about uh, mythology with authors and stuff like that, or their world building in fantasy and sci-fi. And then most recently, we've been doing stuff like the advice from folklore with Dr. Moya McTeer, which are some of my favorite episodes. And we've been doing basically what we've been calling trope episodes, which are our newest thing going into 2022, which is basically like, What if we just like chatted about things that are mythology and folklore and pop culture now? And Amanda did an incredible one on Hallmark rom-coms for Christmas, which was or for the holidays, which was fantastic. And we have a fun one coming up in March that I'm very excited about as well. Nice. But yeah, it was just the idea of like, what if we did things that were fun to us? And that's how we kind of created episodes.
2: So often the key to happy podcasting. (laughs)
4: Yeah. I mean, you have to like
3: the podcast that you're making. Otherwise, it's just a job and that's not fun for anyone. Yeah. We've really learned in practice a lot of the lessons that we now preach to our clients um, and a lot of the kind of principles that have since gone on to inform Multitude, the podcast collective that Spirits is a member of and that I run as my full-time job. The, The idea of Multitude is that we are Passionate people making shows you can count on. And the fact that Spears has come out first every other week and now every week for 256 (laughs) consecutive episodes, uh, you know, at at the time of recording, and that it's, it's always the thing that you are looking for, even if the format's a little bit different or the hook's a little bit different or the guest is a little bit different, is something that we feel really strongly about. Like, people... Honor us by making our show a part of their routine in their life, and yeah. it really matters to us what their experience of our show is and what their experience of growing with us is. They should be able to know that we care about them, and you know, as they care about us. Um, and so, doing things like talking about our audience, using our social media to you know have a two way conversation with them. We just started a Discord for Multitude um, so that we can have yeah. more real time connection with the people who listen to our shows. Um, all of those sort of principles, and realizing that there was kind of a method to the experience experimentation after all is something that I can trace in our journey through spirits.
1: That's amazing. And Amanda, at the time of our recording, you just released an awesome resource about creating great creative teams and working with your friends. And so I, I want to ask you both sort of how how you guys have managed to sort of stay your, your, your job partly is to be friends. And so how that affects your friendship and um, what you've kind of learned about create, sharing creativity with other people
3: it's really fun working on stuff with your friends. I I love doing this. And this was in part because, you know, we were, for the first time, adults out of college, you know, getting used to our jobs and having a a reason to see each other's faces and chat about a thing that we both really enjoy a couple times a week. um, I really love. But early on, we realized that you have to have different communication channels for work and for personal. So the fact that Julia and I only text about, like, memes and house photos on Instagram, like, you know, old house on Instagram (laughs) and stuff like that um, is very important to us. And also making time for our friendship and for hanging out outside of work context uh, more challenging uh, now than it was a couple of years ago, um, you know, logistically. But uh, that has been very important. But also Julia is great about giving candid feedback and about asking, you know, can I make your life easier? Can I be doing this better? Like, please, all of us are here for the same mission and it's, you know, love each other and make a great show. Um, And so I find it difficult to tell people I love a thing that they may find critical, but I think Julia, you make it really easy and, and lead by example. And that's something that I'm constantly trying to kind of get better at. Yeah, absolutely.
2: This is not the dramatic feud answer that we were looking for. Can we try that again? Oh God.
4: Like- <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me check my script. Amanda, you're so mean. I keep <laughs> working yes, good, with you. good, good. good. <laughs> No, but like it's so much easier to work with people that you like. You know, like I, before we did the podcast and before I was podcasting full time, I worked with people that I didn't enjoy spending time with. And I was much less likely to be like, Hey, is there something? You seem like there's a lot going on. Is there something that I can take off your plate for you? Or is there something that I could make, I could do to make your life easier right now? And I, I love doing that for Amanda and Eric and everyone who's a part of Multitude. I love being like, Hey, man, I have some. Free time, and you seem overworked at the moment. Is there something that I can pull off your plate for you, like just to make your life a little easier right now or, you know, going into the future? And working with your friends is great in that regard because you always you always want to help out your friends man like if amanda was like hey i'm moving i'm like all right let me get my car and if you pay me in pizza we're good let's go (laughs) literally did that for two apartments ago for you
3: yeah the, the stakes are higher like you know you're we're in community with each other and that means that we you know have something to lose but also we have something to protect and so i i find the stakes of you know a policy change or, uh, Hey, everybody like I, you know, I'm considering this like big change or this opportunity or adding a new host or adding a new show. You know, I want to make sure that the stakeholders, um, which is, you know, the founding members of multitude, my friends, people that I, you know, I love anyway. Um, it's not just work and, and home work and life for me. And it's a lot you know, it's a lot more integrated than that. And so when it goes well, it's great. When there are problems or complications, I feel that really deeply. But that that feeling is a is a result of caring a lot. And I'd rather care a lot than not care as much. I I tried that and I didn't like it quite so
4: much (laughs) yeah also one of the best parts of working with someone who is your friend and who knows you very well is sometimes they see stuff that you don't realize is a problem or something that you need so for instance we're hiring a researcher for spirits to take a little bit more of that research burden off of me because Amanda was like hey do you need help with the research sometimes it seems like you're you know sometimes you're like going up to the wire last minute finishing episode outlines and stuff I'm like you know what now that you mention it that (laughs) would be kind extremely helpful. Yeah, like yeah. I wouldn't have ever considered that because in my mind, I'm like, this is your job if you're not doing your job, that's bad. But right. knowing that like my friend can be like, hey, man, someone else could help you if you want is so rewarding and so like such a blessing, honestly. Yeah,
2: I'm always both amazed and a tiny bit staggered by just like the sheer volume of the work that you do, because you make shows which, again, are very research and planning heavy intensive like you know you don't really make shows where it's like ah you just turn on a microphone and talk about two bad ideas for 10 minutes and then you're done for the week But Um, that's very
3: smart planning to make a show that fits into the level of production and style that you are willing to put in Mm
1: -hmm.
2: yeah Mm -hmm. but you know but like you know you sort of make elaborate, wonderful shows while also helping to co-produce other shows that you do with multitude while also running the business, while also writing resources to help other people run their businesses better. Um, what, time machine do you have access to and where did you acquire it? Sort of like how do you get all of this done?
4: (laughs) Yeah, let me
3: know about that too because I would love to know personally. Uh, A lot of teamwork. Spirits would never have started if it was just me or I think even if it was just me and Julia. We talked about doing a podcast for several months before Eric Schneider, our other co-founder and editor who also co-hosts our monthly um, Your Urban Legends series uh, was like, hey, I'll edit it because I never in a million years would have started a Podcast. If I had to edit myself, so shout from the beginning, yeah. shout out to Eric is great. Shout out to Eric who's great. Um, and from the beginning, it's been you know I know that I can do the things I'm excited about that I'm prepared to do and it's only a product of everybody's work that makes the ship run. Um, and so similarly with multitude, like we have six employees now. Um, and so there are three full timers, myself, Eric Silver, who's our head of creative, Brandon Krugel who's our head of production. Um, and over the last year we've added an operations assistant, a community manager and a staff audio editor, um, friend of the show, Misha Stanton. So, nice. you know, it is, it is not a solo um, endeavor by any means and, a lot of my time is, you know, probably 80% of my time is spent doing things that aren't podcasting um, and, you know, selling ads, running a business, being a manager, um, looking after the other shows. Uh, I'm personally happy with that mix. I like being a kind of creative midwife. I like helping other people bring their shows into the world um, and, you know, and do their thing in a way that doesn't have to involve spreadsheets if their brains aren't lit up by spreadsheets like mine is. Um, but it's, it's a, a challenging balance. And, you know, my, my partner, Eric Silver is often saying to me like, Hey, I'm going to challenge you to do less than you think you can this week. Or like, you know, let me, <laughs> let me challenge you to give away one thing that you could do on your own and instead you'll delegate to me and i'm like "Oh, hum, you're right damn it (laughs) Uh, so it's it's not it's not easy it's it's a learned behavior but knowing that i can turn to my friends and say hey julia you know i'm getting married in october let's plan now for how i can take october off and i know that she has my back and the rest of the team does as well um is a huge you know is a huge benefit i'm never thinking like oh my boss or my colleagues are going to judge me because i need to you know leave work early to go to therapy or something they they get it they know Yeah.
4: Amanda floated an idea to me later, like a couple of weeks ago and was like, well, this seems like a really cool idea and I would love to do it. I'm like, hey, that's a week before your wedding and we shouldn't. You were like, oh yeah, we
1: super shouldn't. My bad. (laughs) It was great. I'm curious too, if like having, having something that started as uh you know, a way for you guys to connect with each other and has become a wonderful job has like spurred creativity in any other realms uh of your life like has has doing spirits sort of given you a perspective or like you know the energy because when you when you're doing things you love you have more energy to do more things you love um to go off and and be creative in other ways
4: yeah i mean making a podcast makes me want to make more podcasts is the problem and i know that i just don't have enough time in the day to do another like full-time show like i do spirits but It doesn't mean that I can't be like a producer on another show or edit another show like I'm currently doing with the newest addition to Multitude, which is the Queer Movie Podcast. And it allows me to like, instead of just being in front of a microphone, it allows me to spend some time and like flex different muscles and different parts of my brain. And I appreciate that I get to like do different kinds of work.
3: Yeah. As you three know, running podcasts means you're doing like 12 jobs at the same time. And Doing that for ourselves means that we're really well equipped to help other people have a slightly easier journey than we had at first. Like frantically Googling like RSS feed questions in the middle of the night with no, oh, yeah. you know, community and no one else to ask, and we're trying to kind of build that for for other people who are doing that at the same time. Um, so that is is incredibly rewarding.
2: So now that you've done. How many episodes of Spirits was it again? As of today, two hundred and seventy-two. All right, so let's take let's look at that Not including sink live in for a shows <laughs> or, or sure, yeah, you know. yeah,
4: Bonus episodes—they don't count. They're not work.
0: Yeah, just a
2: casual two seventy-two. You know, um, but now that you've done, now that you're nearing the big three hundred number. Are there any sort of mythological or folk stories that are still on the bucket list? Are there sort of like any big white whales that you're still like, one day we will do X, Y, or Z?
4: There are a lot of stories that I would love to feature on the podcast, but I would much prefer someone from those cultures to come teach me about it rather than like me as a white person telling the tale myself, you know? So there are a few, I don't want to like put it out into the universe until we find someone to do those episodes. But yeah, there are a few that are definitely on my, my list.
3: We also have a number of um, live show venues that we would really love to do shows in. We've done some in basement speakeasies. We did a virtual one for a science museum that was supposed to be in the museum, which would have like fulfilled a lifelong dream of mine. Um, So I am thinking about what kinds of uh, like the oldest haunted pub in whatever country, you know, I'd love to do that kind of uh, tour uh, or mini tour and, you know, perform at some at some deeply creepy locations. Yeah. That would be ideal. The Haunted Spirits Tour would be, mm,
1: I would love it. Oh, it it would be incredible.
2: So Let's all, listeners, this is a direct request. Let's all start putting that energy out into the universe. I think we can (laughs) manifest this. Or if you work at
4: one, contact us. We'll
3: figure it out. Or contact That one too.
4: Or contact your favorite bar slash venue and be like, hey, you guys should have spirits come do live shows there. That's also a great
3: way of getting that. Yeah.
2: Excellent. Well, we await that day with bated breath. But for now, we will very reluctantly let you go back to making your own shows. Um, before we do that, though, where can people find you? Where can they listen to your work? Where can they keep up with you?
3: You can search for Spirits in your podcast app that you're listening to right now or go to spiritspodcast.com. We are at Spirits Podcast on social where you'll also find in the that bio links to Julia's and my individual um, accounts. And we are part of the Multitude Podcast Collective, which is at multitude.productions. And that website also includes 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 a link to our community discord, lots of free articles and templates, um, as well as free consulting. If you're a member of an underrepresented group in audio and want to get into it or make a podcast of your own, we're here to help.
2: It's all incredibly helpful and you should definitely
3: check it all out.
1: It's so helpful.
3: Aw, thanks guys. We love you.
0: This has been No Bad Ideas, produced by Gabrielle Urbina, Sarah Shackett, and Zach Valenti. Many thanks to our patrons for their partnership in making this show happen. And a special shout out to our Idealist members, Jennifer Schneider, Rina Sarame, Jeffrey Felsher, and Dia. Today's episode features music by Statesher and Jazar from freemusicarchive.org. You can support the show at nobadideaspodcast.com slash support. And if you love this show, please leave a rating or review wherever you listen and share it with someone you love.